Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Danny, coming for episode 158. We've got a whole lot to talk about this week. So first off, if you want to uh, listen to this one as well as previous episodes, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to give us a nice five-star rating and review. I see we got a few new reviews and ratings on the old Apple podcast. So we always appreciate that. So thank you very much, whether you've done it or plan to do it. So as I said, a whole lot to talk about. So let me bring in the crew here of Sam Presley. Hello, Sam. Hey, doing Danny. We've uh, all of a sudden have a chock full of news week. Yes. It's been a newsy kind of week or a couple days or 24 hours, whatever you choose. So mm-hmm. yes, lots to discuss here. And we've got Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, Phil's happy to be here. Yeah, they come in bunches. Uh, last last week, it was like uh, mostly discussing everything that we already discussed with a very few updates. And now there's apparently a ton of news. And that's, I mean, I guess that that makes sense now that Juntol is like, you know, a little bit more, you know, comfortable in that seat in, in, in Conti NASA. So let's get, um, let's get, let's get to it. Excited. That's right. That's right. So the biggest news of the day, Nikola Sekulov to Kremenese on Lowe's. How are you guys feeling? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Got it. That was kidding. Hey man, last last kid that went to Cremonese on loan. Ah, look at you bringing bringing the knowledge. Yes, but obviously within the last 24 hours, we have seen Juventus make a bid for Romelu Lukaku, which I did not expect to be uh, saying, even though there was some smoke last week. Uh, Juventus might be interested in bringing Frank Kessie in on loan. And obviously, the first domino that needs to fall, and no, I'm not talking about my cat, is Dusan Vlaovic potentially going to PSG. So, Sergio, you were much like me yesterday as we record here over the weekend, uh, trying to tweet through the Lukaku stuff uh, as we try and wrap our head around it. So, can you, now that you've had a little bit of time to think about it, can you still grasp as to why Juventus want to potentially downgrade uh, at striker again? Yeah, I, I, the only thing I, 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 it's not potentially, I think it's definitely downgrade, <laughs> downgrade that. And, um, it doesn't make any sense to me as a, as a move. You know, the, the thing about selling uh, Blahovic, like I think we, we've, we all agree on this and we've all said it, you know, in, in numerous occasions, we think it's, it's, it's a bad move. It's not the greatest move. To me, it's the definition of selling low on a guy that, you know, two years ago was one of the most sought after strikers in Europe. He's coming off arguably his worst season as a professional not everything his fault and but i've been harsher than most on him and i do think he was generally disappointing it's it's crazy to me that that you know they're so 
quickly willing to give up on him. Of, of course, we don't know the the entire reasons. We don't know if he's actually pushing for a move. There's been no reports of of him pushing for a move, but it feels uh, it feels very weird that they want to sell him. That they're very open to selling him, and it feels even weirder that they feel that they can. Uh, that their solution to that is bringing in Romelu Lukaku, who is also coming off the worst season of his career, is significantly older, is, you know, in my opinion, removed from his prime, and is actually going to cost like a significant amount of money. Like the numbers that were being thrown around, that's not cheap. That's not, I mean, that's that's almost 40 million. That's apparently an 11 million euro net, I think, wages for him. Correct. Uh, I think making him the, the highest paid player in the squad immediately, which is bonkers to me, it, it just, it doesn't, you know, if this was uh, a Blahovic is forcing him, you know, his way out, we have to sell him and we can get Lukaku on, on a loan or we can get him on cheap because Chelsea doesn't want him. And, and you can get him for a nominal fee and a small wage and like that, it wouldn't leave me happy, but it, it would make some sense. Like the fact that they're paying almost 40 million for him with huge wages at this point in his career, after one of the worst seasons of his career is just unexplainable. I do not understand it. I do not get it at all. I just don't see what the upside here is, is for Juventus. Like I really, really don't sticking it to Inter. Maybe that's like the only that's like the only reason I can see or like the only upside I can see for Juventus because other than that, this just feels like a move in which you're getting worse and, and, you know, getting less valuable as a team. Like you, you're getting a player that is going to have no resale value once he's apparently or reportedly four year, four year contract expires. It's just, you know, we talk a lot about the bad moves that Fabio Paratici did when he was the, the, the sporting director this feels like like in his wheelhouse. Like this feels like a Fabio Paratici deal in the worst way. I just don't don't get it. Don't get like hate it the more and more I think about it. Even one day afterwards, like I still hate it. So Sam, are you going hashtag juntally out? No, but that's that's the <laughs> that's the thing that that's the thing that strikes me the most about this move is that it seems very out of character for Juntoli yes. to do. Yes, it does. I don't see it makes you start wondering who, you know, is there what it does seem to me uh, would be like is something that Allegri would like. Yes. And, th- and that and that's where a lot of people all right. I mean, I shouldn't say a lot, but a few in the Italian media have suggested that this is very much driven by Max Allegri, kind of along the same ways that the Leandro Paredes move was driven by Allegri. And we all know how that turned out. Yeah. And just to mention it. You know, Romelu Lukaku has scored more than 15 goals in a league season. Okay, five times, six, five times, six times. But like, if you you want him to be a lead guy, you want him to be like your 20 goal guy, right? He's done that three times, once with Everton. (laughs) And then the two times, the two other times, were his two seasons under Antonio Conte at Inter. Yeah. And then, you know, this past season was just a complete and utter wash for him, both for injuries and effectiveness. You know, the those misses in the Champions League were ugly. And he was doing that with a team that was largely unchanged from the two from the one that he played with 
the the two that he played with where he had the success that he had under Conte at Inter. So he's always been such an enigma. He he's his he's always been so talented and then never really brought it all together for a big club, with the exception of those those two first two years at Inter. It is very, very difficult to see this being anything other than a catastrophe if it goes through. In terms of selling Vlaovic, I mean, I I don't want it to, you know, we've said that we've talked about this a lot. I don't want it to happen, but it might end up just being the economic realities of not having Champions League, of all of the, the financial mismanagement that has happened over the last few years with this club. You know, we, we've always said one big name is probably going to have to fall. And that Vlaovic was more likely than not to be the guy. So as much as I don't like it, because I really do want to see Vlaovic in a Juventus shirt being put in a position to succeed, I don't necessarily, it doesn't blow my mind. It doesn't fill me with, with, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not rending my garments over here because we all knew that we were going to have one big move, a uh, big sale this summer based on the financials, and Vlavic was probably going to be it. But yeah, to, to replace him with Lukaku is, is it just, like I said, it feels very out of character with Cristiano Gentoli, and it feels very in character with previous regimes and with Max Allegri in particular. And right now, anything that Max Allegri has decided, I'm not necessarily down with. What? What? No, I, I, I think for me, and Sergio touched on it uh, a little bit, is that Lukaku's already 30 years old. Obviously, Chelsea, who are very much in need of strikers because they have 500 wingers on their roster, <laughs> you know, they're basically saying we're willing to give up the guy we spent, and albeit it was a I believe it was it was still Abramovich, right? Who spent the the hundred or so million for for Lukaku a couple of years ago, uh, before uh, bully ball started happening over there in mm-hmm. London. You know, they're willing to take you know a big loss on a, a player they spent a whole lot of money for, but just the the you know it, if it doesn't work out with Lukaku, it's like okay, well, that's a good chunk of money that you're basically not going to get anything on because. I'm no economics whiz by any means. And, you know, I'm still trying to familiarize myself with amortization and all this stuff. But, you know, you spend upwards of 40 million euros on Lukaku and he flops again. You're not getting anything close to that if you try and spend him off in a year or two. So you're probably you're probably looking at a buyout as opposed to plus who who wants Roma Lukaku on sky high wages, albeit probably not as high as what he's getting at Chelsea. At the age of 31 or 32, it's yeah. like, okay, he's, he's struggled at another club. This is kind of how things go. He, he moves, you know, outside of Everton, he kind of moves from big club to big club. And within a couple of years, he's going somewhere else. And, you know, kind of like with the, with a guy we'll talk about in a few minutes here and Frank Kessie, you know, you, you kind of always figured that he would be a building block in inner. He only wanted inner. And now yeah. all of a sudden it's like that's that that's the other thing because I said this la- I said last week that I didn't think that you know that I thought that Lukaku himself would be saving us from ourselves in this case because I didn't think that he'd be coming to Juve based on the sentiments for Inter. What has Inter done to him? Yeah. To make him think about this. 
113 million, by the way, the transfer fee uh, <laughs> Romelu Lukaku back in 2021. So it, 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 it just blows my mind because I agree with Sam in, in one sense that, you know, maybe because of the, you know, economics and everything, a domino had to fall. And if that domino had to be Dusan Blahovic, uh, it sucks, but it is what it is. I mean, if they can get, you know, the rumored price, like, and there's still, I think, no official bids or anything, but the reports are like over 80 million or around that neighborhood. I think that's fine. I think that's a good deal if you can get it. Uh, but really, the, the 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 underwhelming thing is is like like you guys both said like like Romelu Lukaku being the the substitute. Not so much because of him, you could make the case that hey, we're buying low. Like this guy, you know, he he's shown that he can be a, a proficient scorer on occasion. Like we're we're betting low on him. But this is not a signing that screams to me. You know, this is a signing of a, of a talented guy of a forty million euro player. Uh, with immediate, which you know, making him immediately the highest uh, wages in the club. It's it's just it's insane to me that they couldn't negotiate something better. Especially because, like you said, Danny, like Chelsea is dying to offload these guys because they they you know they have to, and that's the best deal you could get. I mean, it just I, I don't know. Like honestly, other than sticking it to Inter, that that feels to me like the only. Uh, positive of this whole thing because I know that Inter wanted to bring him back and like like you said it seemed like Lukaku wanted to go back there but other than that I just I just do not get this and if it's a and if it's like like Sam said if it's a Max Allegri wants this guy and it quote unquote fits his system better I mean maybe but it's just you know it's never great when you have to sacrifice a 22 23 years old how how old Dusan Blahovic is 23 23 for a guy that's in his 30s and that you can make a very compelling argument that his prime has passed like this is even more underwhelming than bringing him Alvaro Morata back you know like I'd be it's it's just bad 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 from from anywhere you want to do it and it's just not not a great start to the promised uh Cristiano Juntoliera that we all uh that we're all really looking forward to and if they're going to stick it to inner, I'd rather they do it in the way that they did with Bremer last summer rather than this. Yeah. yeah I exactly. mean, at, at least, you know, a player that you can see growing into this squad. I mean, what? I mean, I, I probably see if, if the Lukaku signing does happen, it's like, what, three years max, even though he's getting a four year deal. I mean, I really don't want Romelu Lukaku in his mid 30s still being at Juventus. I mean, that just doesn't sound good at all. Doesn't sound very good in his late, in his early 30s either. No. No. And, you know, I, I've seen some people try to try and put a positive light on it. Like, you know, hey, this is, you know, he seems more of an Allegri player in terms of, you know, fitting the the counterattacking system than Vlaovic does. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah, that, that may be true. And obviously it hasn't worked with Vlaovic at all under Allegri outside of his first few months. But this is Lukaku, again, in his 30s. It's not like he has prime Leonardo Bonucci serving balls over the top, like, I don't know, Mario Mandzukic did or other Juventus strikers. Hell, like Carlos Tevez did, who came to Juventus when he was 30. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It just, I was worried when the aforementioned Carlos Tevez came because of age and because of how things went the last few years with him uh, in England. But Lukaku, it just, I don't know. I mean, we've seen it firsthand with Inter last year. It's like injuries, poor form. And basically, outside of the last couple months of the season, 
it's just it's just not impressive. It's not 40 million euros worth of, yeah, this guy's gonna be good and we know it. it it's the numbers. It's the numbers 100 percent I think, like you said, 40 mil. I'm sorry, if you can't find a, a better Blahovic replacement than Romelu Lukaku on massive wages for 40 mil. I, I'm like, why the hell did we sign Juntoli? I'm sorry. Like I, you should be able to find something or someone better than Lukaku at, at, with those, with that money. Like you could sell me on that. Like you said, like he's a better fit. Uh, you're, you know, you're getting a guy who clearly has potential and well, not potential anymore when you're 30, but you know, clearly has talent and hasn't been able to put it together. Maybe you're betting on, on Juve being the club that he finally puts it together because it's a, better system suited to to him if you're getting him like a carlos Tevez, like who i think i don't remember exactly this was uh, almost 10 years ago but at this point but i think he came on a free or like a you know it was it was a buy low move and i'd be understanding a little bit more understanding of it if it was a buy low move this is not a buy low move this is a big big ticket uh both in transfer fee and in wages for a guy that just hasn't really done a whole bunch to in my eyes, warrant those those numbers and and kind of like trumpet him as this, uh, you know, big savior of, of of the new big striker for Juventus. Like I just I just don't buy it. It's you know I'm I'm very very lukewarm on the whole thing. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if Lukaku does end up signing with Juventus, Juve's two highest earners are Romelu Lukaku and Paul Pogba. And Paul correct? Pogba. Yeah. Oh. Cool. I think someone was, uh, I think I saw a tweet uh, of like a picture of Pogba and Lukaku in their Manchester United days. And yep. it was like, yeah, hell yeah, put them back together. It's like, you are maybe the only person ever who thinks that. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't really think. Like, like were yeah. they together? Were they together when when they won the Europa League under Mourinho, or was that already? Uh, or was Lukaku already gone by that point? Ooh. Uh, he was two years in Manchester United from 20, 2017 to twenty nineteen. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with maybe. Maybe. Hey, Juventus is probably out of Europe. We're not a European expert for yeah. the next twelve months. Oh yeah, they were. Okay, that was 26 2017. So yeah, he he was part of that team. He was part of that team. Yeah, yeah. I think. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, Lukaku just seems like a and this is the last point before we get to a few other things today. He just seems like a total nomad when it comes to footballing, doesn't he? Where he's like he's almost like although obviously Conte ha- has won uh, some silverware besides the Europa League, but he just kind of seems like the uh, a footballing nomad where he's like, okay, you know, two, three years tops at a club and we'll go somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like his transfer mark page is, is really funny. It's, <laughs> it's long, isn't it? Yeah, it's long and it's just Chelsea, like pretty much like a young... Yeah, because he was loaned out so like, often and then went back to Chelsea and then backed out to... Yeah. Yeah, Chelsea youth product pretty much. Um Loaned to West Brom, back to Chelsea, then to Everton, back to Chelsea, uh, to Everton, to Man United, to Inter, to Chelsea. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, whatever. I would probably buy into it at some point because <laughs> it's, it's just, it's tough. It's really tough. Well, another another name that Juventus has been linked to over the last 24 hours 
as we sit here and record on Saturday is uh, a former, another player who used to call Milan home, and that's Frank Kessie. And as I was writing the post about it for the website, uh, blackandwhiteredover.com, shout out to the homepage. I was just struggling. I was trying to do like the midfield depth chart in my head. And I'm like, unless Paul Pogba is injured, which you know will happen, and maybe one or two other guys are not available. It's like, unless Kessie is really kind of showing that old Milan form, I, I don't really know where he fits in. And I mean, the only, it seems like the only good part of this is what kind of what we're maybe hoping with Lukaku is that it would be loan with option to buy rather than splashing all this money for somebody who's probably not worth the money. But at least I feel like with Kessie, there's at least some upside compared to Lukaku where it's like, what the hell are we doing? Now, I mean, Kessie is at least a little younger than Lukaku. 26. Yeah, but like you said, there's there's no, where does he play? Whose minutes is he taking? It just seems, again, this seems like an Allegri move and not a Gentoli move. You'll never guess who's reportedly being asked, uh, who reportedly asked for Frank Kessia to come to Juventus. <laughs> uh, I would, uh, does he, is he Tuscan and look like a gremlin? <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it could be that that Gentoli is just going to have to deal with appeasing Allegri for a year or two until he fi- until the, it's financially feasible to to let him go maybe next year and and actually start doing his own his business his way. I mean, we did yeah. here early on in the the process of of getting of of getting Gentoli that he would probably want to move away from Allegri if he was the sporting director. So. Right now we're we're just looking at a at a at a summer of allegri moves it seems which like I said your before, favorite it's my yeah my my absolute favorite and it just nothing that allegri and it's amazing in his first tenure allegri was always asked in the front office for things and he never got it we ended up we ended up winning a bunch of titles and going to two champions league finals off of that I mean, you remember how much he was begging the front office for a trequartista during those first couple of years that he was on the team. <laughs> and then Hernandez came. The team. And, and, and Hernandez came and, and, and Roberto Pereira. Like, that, <laughs> that, was, that was what we got. And now, all of a sudden, after two years of absolute bullshit and nothingness, he's getting everything he wants? Is it backwards day? <laughs> it sounds like it, doesn't it? it it's just, if somebody higher than Gentoli, you know, we do have, we've talked about this a while ago, but, you know, if John Elkin really wants Allegri to stay, then, you know, he's the one that calls the shots. You know, if he, is he telling the front office to give Allegri what he wants and maybe, you know, see if with everything that Allegri wants, he can, whether or not he does anything and then is okay with punting the last year of that contract, or is it, just, I don't know. There's so many, so many weird things because now here it is. You know, we said it before in the, earlier today. Juntoli comes in, and all of the rumored moves now are just so out of character for him and so in character for Allegri. It's just, it's weird. Yeah, the the, the Cassie move in, in general, like you said, Danny, it just it just makes a little bit more sense. It is, and of course. Uh, like you wrote, there's still no numbers, so this very well could end up being like, oh, they're paying 50 million for him. In that case, you know, <laughs> sign me, you know, 
I'm out on that move, but it seems like it's a loan. It seems like it's a buy buy low move for a guy like that you like you wrote. Like he was one of the best midfielders for Milan. He didn't really quite, you know, found his footing in Barcelona. And you can get a guy like him who is clearly talented on a cheap deal. Like that seems like a smart move, especially because, and I don't know if I'm seeing this wrong, but but he seems like a very straightforward traditional center midfielder. Uh, you know, kind of like defensive midfielder. It seems like he's a uh, uh, Robella, uh, a guy to compete for that position with Robella, right? Like uh, with Paredes gone, with Arthur gone, uh, this might mean that they're willing to, you know, to move Locatelli a little bit further ahead and 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 go into the season with Robella as the quote unquote main center midfielder. But I want to bring in another guy, a guy more experienced, a guy uh, you know that's been there, done that. Like that feels to me like a like a very defensible um, a move, especially because I think we're all excited about Robella. I obviously want to see him play for Juventus. He had a great season last last season, uh, but you know it, it's it's different, you know, playing in Monza than than playing in in Juventus. And I think, you know, obviously he could start start right in and and be super successful and continue his great form. And and I think we're all hoping that. But if it doesn't come to that, if he struggles, if he kind of takes a little bit to adapt, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to bring in a guy like Cassie, who is probably a guy that you can trust from day one in that center midfield position. So it just, you know, in terms of squad depth, especially with, with you know, like I said, like with Paredes gone, with Arthur gone, it, it just feels like a like a decent move and something much more along the lines of, of what I thought a guy like Juntoli would do, right? Like get those uh, cheaper moves, uh, buying low on, on talented guys that for whatever reason haven't panned out in their new locations, like a Frank i I'm... I'm you know, obviously we have to see the numbers. We have to see how, uh, you know, really how the, the deal goes through, if it goes through. But at least on paper, I I like it. I actually like it quite a lot. I, I like Cassie a lot when he was in uh, in Milan. And I thought, I actually thought he was going to be really good at Barcelona, which obviously didn't happen. But it'd be, I think it'd be a great move for Juventus. Obviously, depending on the numbers, we're assuming, a you know, a, a loan, you know, decent wages, affordable wages. I think that'd be a that'd be a solid move. Yeah, as as you were talking, Sergio, I thought to myself, you know, alone with an option to buy, this might be Juventus planning for a year from now when who knows what Adrian Rabio is up to. Maybe yeah, maybe a little little of planning for the future where essentially you see the opportunity now compared to letting some other clubs swoop in and like you mentioned, we'll see what the what the numbers are once somebody reports it. But maybe this is okay. You can compete for kind of like what what uh, Tech Chesney did the last year with Buffon. Okay, we know what you're going to do a year from now. But for the meantime, and obviously midfield is a little different than when you're playing behind the best goalkeeper ever. But you know, compete for playing time now, and then next year you'll have probably a bigger role. So I don't know. That's just me. And then Chesney ended up playing for three months when Buffon hurt his hamstring. Yeah, exactly. And as we know from, from last season, you know, a couple midfielder midfielders go down and suddenly Nicolo Fagioli, who barely played the first two months of the season is starting every game. So you, you never know, especially when one of your midfielders is a aging Paul Pogba. And you never want to trust, you know, aging Paul Pogba too much. At this no. point in his career, no. I think. No, no. And 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 that's the thing is that 
when, when your big name midfielder, kind of like what we were saying about Lukaku, is is up there in age and with an even lengthier injury history than pretty much anybody on the Juventus roster, you know, it you, you need you need an extra body there just because you can't no matter how much Paul Pogba posts on social media about you know working out and all this stuff, you just don't know. You don't you don't know about it. And I don't blame Cristiano Juntoli for wanting, you know, if he is to stay with the midfielders that are currently on the roster, not named Arthur McKinney and Zachariah. If you want extra cover there, then I don't blame you at all, knowing that Pogba's already Pogba's probably not going to be leaving this summer. And I say probably because you never know with Saudi Arabia. It is a crazy world that we now have to say, you never know with Saudi Arabia. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like a legitimate thing to say at this point. I mean, when they're offering Jordan Henderson buku crazy bucks, Jordan Henderson, a man who has been very, very outspoken about social issues at Liverpool to basically take yep. the Saudi money. <laughs> yeah, look. It's all fun and games, and it's all moral high ground until they hit you in the head with 25 million euros. And then, you know, <laughs> ethics ethics disappears pretty quickly when they give you life-changing money for, like, a year of playing football. Yeah. And he's, you know, not to make this a Liverpool podcast, but, you know, he's somebody who's been playing in England his entire career, so it's not like he's been making peanuts either. Yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, I, I heard something, I, I don't know if it was a Twitter or a segment on TV or something, uh, but it's like difference between like setting up your, your grandchildren. It's, it's like money to set up your grandchildren and money to set up your grandchildren's grandchildren. Like you're talking about, like, I know that, you know, sometimes you ask like, hey, how much money is enough money? But that's, I mean, that's that's just generational wealth right there. I mean, it's just, look, I think not to make this into a Saudi pot, but it's, you know, it, it's it's always going to be hard for me to fault these dudes for, you know, just accepting that insane amount of money. Like, I mean, I just, you know, it's crazy. It's just crazy that, that guys that were like, you know, above average good players in the Premier League for their whole careers now, even they are getting those those paychecks. Yeah, I just, it becomes such a, a destabilizing influence on on the rest of the transfer market which was already so crazy we are we, you know we've been talking for years about how crazy we think the transfer market is and then boom this happens but you know i i, I just I, I still wonder whether or not the saudis have the staying power to to make this a long-term thing you know we've seen the chinese try this we've seen the russians try this and it it never finishes it always fizzles out. So we'll see what happens with the, the Saudis this time. But I mean, right now, I, I've, I've made this joke before. They're, they're, they've, they, they could be a little, they could be useful in getting, you know, in saving Juventus from themselves once or twice by just putting stupid money in front of a guy that, that Juventus, somebody at Juventus wants to sign that they really shouldn't. But yeah. uh, I, th I think the, the only funny, the, the only great thing for me from this whole Saudi thing is seeing uh, English football pundits 
like cry and moan like no this is like destabilizing transfers and it's crazy and we shouldn't allow this but it was like you know they don't like it when someone else does it to them uh but they were perfectly fine with having you know relegation battlers throwing around 40 50 million euros transfer fees like that was that was fine or when the you know saudi arabia bought newcastle and you know oh well they're funneling their money through our league so that's cool but if they get like players outside like you know if they take players from our league then that's not okay like it just you know that has been good like it's been a, a little bit of a of karma coming at you but you know other than that the whole saudi thing is is crazy and, and a bit of a bummer and we'll see we'll see what happens in like four or five years i think we'll we'll know if this worked out if if ali tihad or something is playing in the brand new european asian uh super league arabian super league. <laughs> we'll see we'll see if the whole thing worked out for them uh do we want to talk one more thing before we wrap things up uh sure what is it uh leonardo bonucci <sighs> it's time. I mean, it sucks that he's not going to look. It's I mean, it sucks that he's not going to get a chance to say goodbye to the fans. But it's time. It's like, been time. It's it's been time. He he can't do it anymore. I don't think he's played a really good game since the Euros two years ago. It is, you know, father time has gotten him. He's not the player he was. And and it's time. You know, even if we didn't cut him loose now, we were just going to be carrying him as a, you know, we weren't, he, he was going to be on the bench. He would play a handful of games here or there, like he did it towards the end of the season. It's sad, but it's time. Maybe not as sad as Claudio Marchisio, uh, because, you know, that, that little jaunt he did, he took to Milan did, you know, sour, sour things a little bit for me with him, especially since after he came back with his tail between his legs he would never he was never the same player but yeah it's time yeah I, I agree i do think it's time i don't think at this point in time leo bonucci was really making this team a whole lot better so it's for sure time for him to to take a step back emotionally like sam said i think it's a bit of a bummer especially for a guy that's been such a huge part of this club for so many years and and i know his whole deal with 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 milan at the time was um you know kind of soured uh his reputation amongst a lot of you you know a lot of you fans but in the end he was just a big time part of the club or you know one of the most successful parts of of the club's history and and, and you have to acknowledge that and he was at, at one point in time one of the best center backs in in the world so it sucks emotionally but pragmatically speaking and for the team i think it's I think it's better if if he's just no longer involved because he wasn't at that level anymore. Not only on Bonucci, but for all of the guys, right? Like apparently, like there's a, there's this list of guys that are no longer considered. You know, guys, not a lot of shockers. They are like Weston McKinney, Arthur, uh, Leo Bonucci. Uh, the, the only thing, and and this is, you know, I've heard both sides, and I'm I can't agree. But I just don't generally like when uh, clubs do these to players. Like they just say, you know, you're not part of the of the plan moving forward and they don't even take them to church or they can't train or they train separately. Not uh, specifically because I think it's a dick move, which it is, but mostly because uh, 
I, I think in, in terms of transfer moves, you kind of, you know, put yourself in a position in which every club knows you don't want this guy. So every single club in the world is going to try to lowball you. And, and it just feels like a position that Juventus very constantly puts themselves in, uh, just very openly saying we have no interest in having this guy. And, and they just very consistently take, you know, low ball offers for guys, because of course, like if you're saying you don't want something, they're really not going to give you, you know, a great bit. So, you know, I, I just, I think from a business standpoint, from a, you know, negotiation standpoint, it's not, I, I don't like it when clubs do that. And Juventus always seems to be doing that. And to me, it's no, no surprise that I always kind of, they, they seem to very consistently get the short end of the stick in, in transfers like that. But let me put it this way. They're never, they're not going to get 40 million uh, for Weston McKinney at this point in time. Like they're just not, (laughs) they're not getting that Lukaku uh, golden parachute for, for McKinney. Yeah. And I mean, Juventus has done this with, I mean, it's fitting that Leonardo Bonucci just barely got over was the 500 appearance club. Cause I mean, what you go back to when Andrea Agnelli said that Del Piero was leaving, he did it at a shareholders meeting. So you know, as much as there's been romantic farewells for players and announcing it on their own terms, like Giolini and Buffon and and guys before that, there's also kind of the the cold blooded end of the equation. And you know, if it is true that Bonucci is heading out, then you know he's he's falling into the the latter than than the the ceremoniously you know sent off on his ways. And I mean, as much as we remember the the farewell to uh, to Paulo Dybala in, in his last home game as Juventus player. The build-up to that game was was not great. So, I mean, it's just unfortunately part of the club's history where sometimes they they don't send out their their most storied names in the best kind of way. And yeah, Leonardo Bonucci falls in that category, even with that uh, aforementioned jaunt over to Milan for for ten or twelve months. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we will wrap things up on that note for this week. Thank you guys for listening. As always, if you do want to listen, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we always appreciate a nice five-star rating and a glowing review. So for Sam, for Sergio, for Chucks, and producer Couch, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys with a special bonus midweek episode in a couple of days.